It's not moving. Oh, okay, okay, it's moving. Okay. <laughs> you know the red <laughs> button, you just press, click. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna get this right. Three, two, one. Hi, my name is Chris Toe. Hi, this is Kevin Matthews. And you're listening to Lion City Rock, the only podcast about Singapore's pop music scene, presented by The Fast Colours. And who exactly are The Fast Colours? Well, The Fast Colours are a classic rock tribute band formed by Patrick Chung, Chris, and myself, Kevin, about 10 years ago, right, because we wanted to uh, get on the covers music bandwagon, which is very, very popular in Singapore. And at the same time, wanted to have fun as well. So why not do it with your best mates? And that's what it's all about. For our very first episode, I'm very excited to, to be doing this because we're going to be looking at the 30th anniversary of one of the seminal albums by one of the seminal bands of all time. Do you know who they are? You two's Actung Baby? R.E.M. Uh, oh, time. Nirvana, never mind. Uh, no, not quite. I'm actually talking about Teenage hit by the Odd Fellows. Yeah, that was my fourth choice. Nin- yeah. That was your, f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, no, this is the 30th anniversary of that album. It was released in 1991. Can you believe that? It's like such I'm a long time ago. I'm trying my best not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know, we know. <laughs> there, there. Yeah. But we're quite. I'm quite excited because we we managed to get uh, Patrick Chung, the main man behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk to this guy and see what he has to say about having a teenage head. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Yay. Today we're here with Pat Chung. Patrick Chung. Patty Chung. Woo-hoo! How many Woo-hoo! names he goes by. A lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, Chris. Hi, Kevin. Uh, he, also goes by, he also goes by the name of, uh, uh, what, uh, Godfather of Indie Music. Oh, no, which, no, no, please, which no. Are, which, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently is a shared nickname, uh, also attributed to one guy called Joe Ng, but that's another story. Uh, yeah, so anyway, today uh, we're going to talk uh, uh, about the Odd Fellows and how everything happened with them. Because I think, um, I don't know about you, uh, Kevin, but for me, the Odd Fellows was one of... One of the main inspirations for, for me to actually want to start a band as well. You know, we were listening to the band and, and then we were all, me and my friends were like, you know, if they can do it, so can we, you know. Uh, it's, one, it's one of those things, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. the, big, the big joke that we always have <laughs> yeah. is that every time we, we started off because we heard the fellows, <laughs> you went, you can do better than that. And then, I heard that story from Lilac Scenes also. <laughs> <laughs> they saw us perform at the uh, substation, 24-hour concert. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, I mean, you yeah, know my... I mean, Pat, I've told you many times, Jadila, right? So the story. Yeah, so yeah. it's like... I, it's still like kind of frozen in my mind. You know? It's like a, it burned in my memory, right? Opening the life and then seeing that big photograph of the three of you... And I'm like, what the hell is going on here, right? Because it's such an unusual picture. <laughs> and then you and you, you know, it's a Chris Hole, yeah. uh, the pop life, right in life. So I remember reading yeah. it, and I was like, Whoa. and then it was, it just blew my mind, like, I'm like, how can uh, Singapore can do this, uh, that kind of thing, right? So it was so <laughs> inspiring, you know, straight away you feel, hey, you know, right? You know, I'm, I'm back then I was really like, you know, almost thirty already, like almost given up any ideas of ever mm. doing music, and it's like. Hey, I can actually still do music in Singapore. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think the DIY yeah. thing is quite important because it makes everybody feel mm. like, hey, we can do it. You know, we don't need a record companies, you know. We can just release our own music, record our own music. Yeah. So actually for me the inspiration was corporate toil. Because uh after uh nothing on the radio came out, the cassette that big old uh fanzine released. Uh, corporate toil, <clears throat> they they were on that 
compilation and then they went on to release record and release their own uh, cassette hmm. called EP although it was an EP initially it was supposed to be an EP but they were so prolific <laughs> <because of> the <laughs> album <laughs> okay. so it's actually a full length album released on cassette <laughs> and at that time I got to know Joe and I was like then I found out that he actually recorded it recorded in his bedroom you know, he would uh, have a boombox, he would have another boombox, he would play back on one boombox, and then he would layer it using another boombox. You know, so, so that's wow. how he got around the multi-tracking without a multi-track. <laughs> Basically, two boomboxes, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then he, re- then he released it on, um, on his own, and he sold it through Big O Fanzine. So I, ordered, I, I actually ordered the cassette through Big O. Yeah, wow. then he will he will mail it out to whoever ordered. So, so I, what year was yeah. what year was that? Sorry, that was uh, eighty seven, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. eighty seven. Yeah, so around that time, uh, I had a band as well, pre odd fellows. There was this band that I formed with uh, my poly classmate, and then I got to know a f- couple of other people, few other people through Big O, and then we were called Baby Sham and the Bottle Brigade. Mm. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> so we, that was your yeah. choice, was it? So we, we, we decided to record uh, two songs, two originals, and then we got other bands to be on a compilation called Rough X. It was, yeah, yeah. it was a play on uh, Class X, you know. Yeah, so mm. got a. And the X is AX, is it? AX, yeah, that's right. <laughs> R R U F F A X, yeah. X, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was also a very uh, DIY thing. We just bring a boombox into a jamming studio, mm-hmm. press, yeah, press record, wow. and then the band would play, and then we would just record, and then uh, and then we released it, and then we advertise it in Big O. Like whoever wants to order would just order it, mail order, and then we would just uh, send it to them. Yeah, so um, after that, that, that band didn't last long. And then uh, I met Casey. This was in '87. Uh, and then we had a common love for bands like a lot of the American college rock bands, mm. you know, REM, Replacements, oh. yep. uh, Soul Asylum, right. and all that, Haskadu. So we thought, hey, yeah. you know, since we share a uh, common love for a lot of bands, uh, let's form a band, right? So we took a name from uh, REM's uh, song, Oddfellows Local 151. Mm. Yeah. And then how we got to play our first gig at the Botanic Gardens was a Singapore Arts Festival, fringe program, was that uh, big old guys actually asked my previous band to perform. Right? But I, yeah, I told, right. I told Philip uh, Chia, uh, one of the editors of Big O, that, oh, actually that band is, we just broke up, but I have a new band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a new band, and uh, I'll be glad to play. You know, they say, "Okay, sure, sure, we we'll put you down." Yeah. <laughs> so our first gig was actually quite a big thing. You know, uh, it was at the Botanic Gardens, and uh, yeah. So we played a very short set, only four songs, because uh, that was all we could really uh, get together. Uh, you know, rehearse and all that. We didn't have. Are these all originals or, or covers? Uh, three well? originals and a uh, cover of Dylan's uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. So it was a very short set. But we, I think we, we were quite tight and we played well and, and a lot of people uh, uh, took notice of us. Yeah, so that was a good gig. Very memorable. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, I think... I think the, the first thing I can ever think of uh, from you guys was a uh, song about Karen. Okay. I think yeah. it was Caroline, Car- Karen first at, at yes, the time, yes. I think it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, that memorable chorus that you came up with, uh. really nicely done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all of us are going like, wait a minute, is this for, is this for real? Is- Then when it came out again on, uh, uh, I think it was New School Rock. Um, yeah. That was the second time I heard that. I mean, that was the first time I, I, I did manage to get your cassette, but 
um, I managed to get the new scroll and going, hey, wait a minute, this, yeah, this is like, oh, so it's the band. And, you know, that's how it all began, I think, was my first full-on consciousness of what the odd fellows were and what they were doing. And I realized, wow, okay, these guys are actually doing stuff that, you know, I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be in a band and do stuff like that, write our own stuff, get it, put it together, get it on record. So you just got Casey and the two of you decided to form a band and then that was it. And that's, that's yeah. how it began. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> we had we had a hard time finding a basis, to be honest. Yeah. So and uh, <laughs> that was hard. Uh, so we were actually rehearsing without a basis. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Until a few months before the, the Botanic Gardens gig. Then uh, Stephen Tan uh, asked me, hey, you know, I can play, I have a chore string guitar, acoustic guitar. Uh, if you need a acoustic guitarist, you let me know, I, I, I can just help you out. And I just basically told him, actually, I need a bassist. Uh, why don't you try playing bass? But he was, <laughs> he was quite game for it. Okay. So I just taught him how to play and then, uh, and, and that's how we, we got together. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think he really uh, wanted to you know, be in a in a band, like, permanently. Oh, So, okay. yeah, yeah, he was just, like, helping out. Yeah, so, uh, I think a year later, he got married, or, or two years later, he got married, and then he just said that, you know, I, I, I can't continue, la, you know. Yeah, so basically, we, we were without basis again, around 1990. Yeah, hmm. so, it, so around that time, I, for recordings, I would just play the bass, and then we were trying to actively look for a bassist, and then, oh, okay. um, yeah, and then because I, I, I know the no-name guys, the right. no-names, yeah, I used to go to their jam session, hang out with them because uh, I really like them, la, basically. Okay. So I asked Vincent to join the band in 91. <laughs> so you stole right. him, la, basically. Stole yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So although I played I play the bass on Teenage Head, so he, he only joined after the recording. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then before the album came out, I, I thought that uh, it might be better to be a four-piece band to beef up the sound. So I, I, I got Kelvin to join before the release of Teenage Head as well. Right. Yeah. Okay, maybe before we get into Teenage Head uh, proper, yeah. maybe we can talk a little bit more about how you guys did. I mean, Kevin and I were just talking before um, before this. Um, like when we when I finally heard like Mild and, and Pony accent, we were like marveling at how you guys actually got together to actually record, you know, and put out uh put out uh, two two EPs uh, or mini albums as, as they were yeah, called. Yeah. Yeah. How how did how did that happen? I mean, because like like I like we say that for for me, our thing was we would just like you said, you know, put a tape recorder in front and everybody will play at the same time. It'll come out sounding like crap, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So how, yeah, could you talk about that? Like how how do you guys sure. get the, how do you guys get Mal and, and Pony accent together? Okay, so for Mal, basically bringing a boombox into the jamming studio, and then uh, try to position it the, the <laughs> ideal place. <laughs> okay. So, so you, which 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 studio was it? Groove Maker. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah Groove Maker. Yeah, so uh, because you know when you jam, the vocals always suffer. You cannot really hear the vocals. Yep. So the boombox have to be near the 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 speaker, the PA speaker where the voice is coming out from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after trial and error, we say, okay, I think that's the best place to put the boombox. <laughs> Far away from yeah, the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's super lo-fi, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's lo-fi until like, you know. But it really sounded extreme. so clear. I mean, it sounded so... No, it did not. <laughs> no, I mean, compared to what I was doing, which was probably because we didn't get the sweet spot, but it was, it sounded like, you know, I could hear the vocals, I could hear the the, <laughs> the instruments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But you see, that that's my point partly also, right? Because, I mean, you're, you're doing this kind of thing, but there was genuinely a positive response to it hmm. and a, a, a kind of a, a very fledgling market that came in to actually buy those things, mm. buy those demo cabinets. Mean, you think about it, it's like insane, right? Yeah, you think about yeah. it now, right? So yeah. I just wanted, what what do you think accounted for that? Why suddenly were people open to, to buying those cassettes? I have no idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good question, right? Yeah, it's a very good question. 
Because I think if I, I, I just remember it being a very lo-fi sounding, you know, mm. it's, it's hard to hear anything. But yet people <laughs> bought it and liked it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, so. did you, I mean, like, what were your, how many, how many, how many copies did you guys do? I mean, were you expecting? No, no, you know, no. I'm, we, at first no. we made about 20 <laughs> and then it sold out, then we continued making. So I think at the end we sold about 100 copies. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, and that was, that was Mal. Yeah, that, that was, was Mal. Mal. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Mal, Mal is 89, right? 88. Right. 88, okay. Yeah, it was 88. Okay. Yeah. And then the year so, after that was the other one? Uh, uh, 1990. 1990, 1990. okay. Yeah, yeah. Just a three song cassette. Yeah. Hmm. And, and the thing, I guess the other thing is also like, I mean, like, like, like we were also saying earlier, that at that point in time, the scene wasn't, there was no scene, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, like I said, the most maybe corporate toil was the only one who seeming, was the only one like doing original stuff, you know, not, not like some of the other bands. Most of the bands at the time are all nightclub bands or pub bands and they were doing mostly covers. So yeah. I think it was, a, it, was, it was quite a refreshing thing, you know, one of those those situations but how do you I mean like for yourself so you, so you mentioned that you, you saw Joe doing it and then you decided I want to do a band and then that's it <laughs> <laughs> no actually uh, around 86 Big O was uh, asking for demos to put out a compilation nothing on the right, radio right. yeah yeah so actually uh, I was writing songs at that time already oh. so mm. I actually ah. just recorded you know, boom, boombox, acoustic guitar, and then I submitted two songs for them to consider, you know, but of course, I wasn't selected mm. to, to be on the compilation. Uh, but uh, I, I think the idea that uh, Big O champion, championing was that we want original music, you know, and so I think that really uh, inspired me to, like, form a band and do my originals, you know? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But you, you have been playing music for quite a while. How do you, like, how do you get into music? Uh, since young, I've, there's always music in the house, music all around, you know? My, both my parents were into music. So it was a mm. very easy thing for me to, to get into. When I was young, I, I, I wanted to be a, okay, a few things. Astronomer, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Jack. Okay. Yeah. Jack. Okay. Jack. And then uh yeah, I wanted to be a musician. You know? Okay. <laughs> how do you how do you when when was when along the path did you know that maybe astronomy is not for me? <laughs> just music. Yeah, around secondary school it's like mm, my, okay. my science is not so good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so music, uh, yeah, I always love music, enjoy music. And then uh, when, I, when I kind of like uh, jam with a band, uh, it was a mud rock band. I was, I was uh, just after O-Levels. Mm. And then I was working at uh, CK Tang, actually, as a store. Wow, okay. Yeah, store, store boy. That's classy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there, there were these uh, other, other store guys, uh, you know, who who mm. had they they had they have a band together, so they when they found out that I could play uh, keyboards, they basically invited me to jam with them. Yeah, so that's how I got into it, la. Oh okay. Yeah. So you were keyboardist first. Yeah yeah yeah. I, I didn't know how to play. I never touched an electric guitar at that point in time. You know. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah. So when did you switch to guitar then? Uh, after I jammed with them, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I still remember we went to Groove Maker at, uh, what's that place? Uh, Geelang, off Geelang Road. Uh, is it New? Off Geelang Road. New. Is it New yeah, World? Yeah, yeah, New World. Oh, New World. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, jammed, I jammed there before. Yeah, so. yeah. Very yeah. tiny uh, jamming studio. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's very cramped, yeah. 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 And um, so we were playing Eagles one of these nights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds well, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few other songs and all that. And I was like, wow, hey, the electric guitar sound is so powerful, you know. Uh, I love the crunch, you know. So after that, I was like, I, I, I want to play the electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I save up money and then I, I managed to buy one a couple of years later. Yeah. So what was your first like, guitar? It was a Strat copy. Uh, a <laughs> yeah, light blue. inevitably. Yeah, <laughs> a, a light blue Strat copy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, I would play, yeah, just learn songs, you know, songbooks and stuff. And then um, I, I didn't have any pedals. So what I did was I'll plug it into a, a tape deck. And then um, you 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 press the record button, okay. But you pause it like I don't I didn't really record it. And then when you when you overload it, right, it would distort. <laughs> so it distort over the speakers. Yeah, I think I destroyed the speakers. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's that's how I started learning to play. Uh, really, yeah. Okay, so how about uh? Okay, so we talked about mild funny accents right mm. but after that basically how did the whole thing with about recording album uh, and then you know like the big old tie-ins so how did that all come about then okay uh okay so new school rock i think was 1990 right 1990 91 i think 91 early 91 yeah. i think so okay yeah january 91 i think yeah uh okay yeah so basically they I think it was someone sponsored Levi's or someone sponsored the mm, New School yeah. Rock one. Yeah. So uh, basically there's six hours of studio time and they gave two hours each to each band to record two songs. So we just went in two hours, record two songs and then we came out, you know. Uh, I remember Opposition Party came in before us. So after they finished, we went in, you know. Uh, so that was the first time we actually recorded in a proper studio. So where was the studio? It was in Macpherson. I think it belongs to uh belong to uh Reggie Reggie Verghese. Oh okay. I think so. If my memory serves me correctly, yeah. Uh, and then uh yeah, that was a very quick uh recording. It was a very quick recording. It was like one two takes basically. So yeah. how many songs did you all record that day? Uh, two, two songs. Only yeah. two songs? Yeah, we had two hours. So we okay. recorded two songs. Yeah. So the 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 fast version of your smiling face was recorded later? Lah. Yeah, later. It was recorded later. So it was basically uh, Song of Caroline and Lost My Head. All and right. Lost okay. My Head. Yeah, okay. just these two. Okay. Then uh, later that same year, uh, Savoy Fair opened and basically approached Big O and said that, oh, we, we would like to sponsor a band, to record a band. And then Philip asked whether Odd Fellows would be interested. So I said, yeah, sure, sure. And we only needed to pay uh, Shah Tahe, that's all, for the engineering. You know? Yeah, so the record, uh, the studio time was free. Yeah, so we went in there. He gave us three days, three full days. Yeah, so we went in three consecutive days, just record uh, 12 songs, I think. 12 about, songs, how many hours? Roughly, uh, like. roughly about eight hours a day, I think. Eight hours a day, 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was an eight-track, uh, a real uh, analog reel uh, recorder. It was an eight-track. And uh, yeah, so basically four tracks went to the drums, bass, and then uh, two more tracks for the guitars, and then one track for the vocals. So it was and recorded track by track, lah. I mean, it was not recorded live, lah, right? Uh, it was recorded live. Me and the drummer live, one guitar, okay. one okay. guitar and the drums live, and then I add the bass and another guitar track, and then the vocals. Yeah. So how how did you decide on the songs to to record for the album? Uh, basically, I well I cannot remember. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just took this bunch of songs and then uh I narrowed down to eleven or twelve, and and because it was three consecutive days at that time, Casey was working at uh, SPC and then he couldn't take leave for all three days so I think he only took leave for managed to take leave for one day and it was a weekday it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so I asked Nizam uh, who was the drummer from the No Names whether he could 
record, you know. So he said, yeah, sure, sure, I'll be, I'll be uh, I'm free. So uh, Nizam came in two days with me and we didn't even rehearse prior to recording. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know it's crazy looking back, you know, that we would just go into the recording studio and I was just like, okay, Nizam, this is how the song goes. Bang, 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 bang. We rehearsed once, rehearsed twice. Okay, press the record button. <laughs> and then that's it, you know. Yeah. But that, that was how we used to do it lah, back then, you know. Yeah. Of course, these days, <laughs> you never do you, you never do that, lah. You know. Nah, of course, of course. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of okay, so obviously when you're when it's happening, everything's happening very fast, and but did you ever did you ever think that that wow, something is happening here or something's I'm making history or something? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That, I mean, that's what was happening actually, whether or not you were aware, you know, that actually that was history in the making. When you, when you look at Singapore's music scene, right, nothing like that has really been done for like decades really, you know. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, that, that thing never <laughs> crossed my mind. <laughs> it didn't at all because I mean, like nothing was happening at that time, you know. The music scene was kind of not happening, you know. Uh, and we were just a small indie band, you know, you know what I mean? So we never thought that uh, whatever we were doing at that time, would be pushed to radio, that radio would play it. It never crossed our mind at right. all. You know? I mean, if you had told me that, oh, okay, is, we're going to push to radio and radio might play it, I think uh, we would have treated the recording uh, <laughs> differently. <laughs> <laughs> Very differently. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. So you guys went in, did, I mean, you guys went in, you had this idea to record an album. What was your, so what were you guys thinking of then? We just doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See what happens. Maybe or... record and release yeah. it on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like how okay. we did it before, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe try right, to get a record right, deal right. with this, you know? Yeah. Okay, so you guys were thinking this could be a, a, yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. demo, uh, like a, yeah, yeah, a, a demo yeah, reel, yeah. a show reel. So to speak, uh, uh, for the media. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So then, how the how sorry, how did the and universal distribution? Oh, then... BMG, BMG. Oh, BMG. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, okay. okay, so uh, I think it was Philip. Philip uh approached BMG and said, "Hey, uh, would you like to listen to the Odd Fellows uh, uh album la, You know, maybe sign them up or you know whatever la, Right. So I brought the the masters. To the BMG office, and then they will listen to it, and then they will say, they told me that oh, we would like to distribute it only. We 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 don't want to sign you up and Mm-mm-mm. spend money recording. You know, we <laughs> <laughs> didn't say that exactly today. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so basically that was what happened. Uh. so they say okay, we will we'll, we'll distribute it for you. We'll manufacture the CD, the cassettes. You don't have to pay a cent. Uh, and then we give you this cut, you know, and then we we'll try we we'll try to push it to radio. That's it, yeah. So they asked me what would be the first single, and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> 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 hmm. Maybe this so happy, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 in a way, so that this like what what Kevin was saying earlier, this whole album. Um, would be like the first full-on album of original material original since, music, yeah. since, since the 80s. Since uh, it's a uh, second launch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in terms of, in terms of that kind of uh, indie music or alternative music or whatever. Yeah, this is the, I mean, so this will ostensibly be what, the second or third album ever done of <laughs> just this kind of music, right? Yeah. Uh, did you, like, was it, when you guys got so when you guys got the album out, and it finally hit, it it, it went on radio definitely, it, uh, you know, and the and the single became a big hit. What what, what were you guys thinking at that time? Um, very surprised, really, <laughs> very surprised. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that it was a thrill to you know listen to your song on radio, definitely. Uh, and and yeah, we never thought that you you actually climb on onto the charts and all that. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. 
So, so all these stories we used to hear about you demanding only brown M&M's, all that. Is... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 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 it, it was, it's quite interesting like, because uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read <clears throat> uh, from this Singapore Encyclopedia. Wow. Lord Fellows is the only indie band entry inside here. Wow. wow. If there was, and there seems to be only like two bands, the Lord Fellows and the Quest. So, so wow. what? Lord, okay. Lord Good Fellows has um, popular music group, full stop. The Lord Fellows were formed in early 1988 by drummer Su Wai Chiong, that's Casey, and singer guitarist Patrick Chung. Bassist Stephen Tan joined soon thereafter. In 1991, the band saw a change in lineup with introduction of guitarist Kelvin Tan and bassist Vincent Lee and a new drummer. Johnny Ong joined in 1993. The group's 1991 debut album, Teenage Hit, yielded So Happy, which went to the top of the charts on local radio station Perfect 10. That's a 97.97 FM now. Uh, for five consecutive years from 1988 to 1992, and again in 1995, the Odd Fellows were voted favorite local band by readers of music magazine Big O. The band released an EP, Seven Year Itch, in 1995, and a compilation of rare tracks, lesser known singles, and live recordings entitled Bugs and Hisses in 2001. Singer Patrick Chung also plays in Typewriter. Full stop. And that's the end of the entry. Wow. Wow, not bad. Not bad. Two paragraphs in the Singapore Encyclopedia. Wow. <laughs> see, see, I told you history making. Wow. <laughs> well done, well done. Wow. I didn't know about that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can we can actually get into the album. Maybe first thoughts from Kevin. What do you when I mean, we had to re-listen to the whole album again <laughs> to prepare for this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, Kevin? Teenage Head, well, I think the thing is that once you start listening to it, you get a lot of memories flood back. Because I remember back then, uh, I listened to the album quite a bit. Um, but what the funny thing, I mean, like we were talking earlier with, like, with Chris, and I, it's like folkier than I remember. Oh, you know, okay. and they're like more ballads than I thought, mm. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know why my mind is like, like, wow, full on, alt rock, like crunchy and all that stuff, but it's not really all like that, you yeah. see? So there's a lot of, uh, actually, like I said, it's very, very folky, mm. very, very folky. I mean, you know, great melodies, riding in my car, is, riding your car, sorry, mm. is still like one of my favorite of your songs. Mm. Right, uh, and, and then the slower version of your smiling face, oh, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Right, so yeah, so it's it's to me la, I mean, it really does. When you listen to it again, and you don't really think too much about anything. It really comes across to me, right? Uh, overall, it's a very singer songwriter album. Oh, okay. Uh, like a folky singer songwriter album, which I was quite surprised that. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I I. I, I, when I listen to all the tracks again, I'm going like, my first note is, more mild than mild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, possibly showcasing new Odd Fellows sound, bracket, uh, question mark, is it because of new members, question mark. Uh, obviously it wasn't since you just clarified that you recorded everything yourself. Which <laughs> <laughs> is probably why it has that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh, yeah and uh, according to Discogs um, Nizam played on six tracks mm. Casey played on three tracks and uh, maybe we should just get into the tracks and then uh, dissect them one by one okay okay yeah okay let, let's do it let's do it chronologically from I mean like from the track one to track eleven I think uh, more of you more of you okay Mm. What was that all about? What was that about? And who was it all about?
you know, that's one song that uh, we've never played live. Uh, I think I just wrote it pretty fast. And it was more about reminiscing about my school days, I think. Yeah, around around that time. And then, uh, okay, around, I, I have to say around that period, I was quite prolific. You know, I, I, I was just churning out songs pretty um, regularly. So I can't remember how this song came about, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because I'll be like writing and writing and writing. And then, um, yeah, I just, I just chose it to, to start the album because I thought the intro was nice, you know. I thought it was a nice intro. I, I, I love roots rock, you know. I, I, I like uh, folk. I like the country. I like roots rock. So... Uh, I think the the influences are quite evident on uh, teenage hate. Yeah, and 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 this was like a kind of the roots rock kind of song, I I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean for for me it was it was quite a surprise. Uh. Mm. I mean I had totally forgotten how the the, the running order of the album, but um, it was quite surprised that this was this opened the whole album. It's nice opening. It's very it's a very quiet. Uh, opening con considering like again like I said my memories of the, the <laughs> time was the the hot pedals being rather rather louder yeah, yeah. harder than that Correct. and uh, and then this song comes on and you're like wait a minute that doesn't sound anything like what I remember yeah, yeah. them to be you know it's a totally that's why it's a totally new uh, new direction it seemed um, okay well let's go on to riding Riding in your car. song that I wrote I think around 80s, 88 I think <clears throat> and then it was uh, I think it was on the Mal mm. cassette yep. oh. yeah yeah and um, Chris Ho Chris Ho loved that song so that, that song actually ended up number one on his 8 miles high chart on Ready Fusion yeah it's got a great melody yeah yeah, yeah. so Again, I can't really remember how I wrote it. <laughs> uh, oh, I think the inspiration was uh, the Smiths. That's a light that never goes out. Oh, okay. oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the, the, the Smith songs had, had uh, riding in your car, right? Or, or something like riding your car and if... Uh, uh, if, right, if right. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 that, that right, part, right. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Right. Oh. So that... <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That lyric kind of struck me. And then I, 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 I turned it into the whole song, right? Riding your car. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, what about the, the next one? Your smiling face. I can't sleep all day 
that was probably the first or second song we I wrote for the Odd Fellows, and we performed it uh, at our first gig, our debut gig at the Botanic Gardens. Um, I mean, I I I love uh, uh, prior to to forming the Odd Fellows, I was really into like the undertones, the bass cocks. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know. So. The style of it is very much uh, uh, a bit of the punk pop or power pop mm, thing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, the, the song, I think I, I wrote it pretty fast. And uh, for the album, because on the Mao cassette, it was a fast version, right? I mean, that was the original version. So, for the album, I thought I will just change it up a bit, play it slow and, and you know, give it a different take mm. of the song. That's why we slow it down, basically. Quite, quite slow, yeah. it slowed down. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I re- yeah, I remember yeah. quite sh- uh, feeling quite shocked when I first heard the album version. Yeah. I'm like, hey, why, why so slow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I can't remember. Um, I wrote down here uh, a great ballad Bracket, is it about Bonnie Hicks? Close bracket. Oh, no, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just at the music video, uh, uh, Eric Eric got Bonnie to be in it. Uh, (laughs) It's not about her. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Who is it about then? (laughs) Uh, I can't remember really. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I can't remember. Well, you you know, I mean... Diverging a bit, right? We really named yeah. two persons that have already gone. Really, that's that's really quite sobering to think about. Niz- yeah. Nizam yeah. and Bo- Nizam and Bonnie Hicks, right? Bonnie Hicks, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Bo- yeah, Bonnie. But you know, when I saw the video, it was like, wow, how did he get her? Bonnie, I mean, Bonnie Hicks was like, I mean, I think I speak for every other young hormonal teenager at the time or young guy. She was like our number one crush. Mm. You know, she appeared in mm. every single, mm. you know, yep. on every single magazine cover. You could see her face and stuff like that. So when, yeah. when it, when I remember watching the video and when they were like, "How did, how did the odd fellows pull this off?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> like she was like, the, "We didn't." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all thanks to Eric. <laughs> that is a director's fault, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay, let's go on to the next one. Merry Go Round. another early early songs that we wrote I think around 88 um, uh, I think it's probably from listening to The Replacements mm, a lot right. yeah and uh, yeah I think that, that song has a very uh, Replacements vibe to it okay yeah we used to play that a lot live in our early days mm. yeah yeah. yeah, why such an aggressive song about Carousel? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember uh, how I wrote the song. <laughs> but, but there is a replacement song called Merry Go Round, right? Yeah. Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I might have written it. You wrote before it before, the... yes. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it before. Yeah, what a coincidence! What a coincidence. Yeah, we, might have, we might have heard it and go like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, Paul Westerberg with you yeah, up, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better call the estate and ask him for ask him for your royalties. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, after that is World of Annie. Any 
It's a girl who likes to be alone She's got no need for the telephone And her neighbors wonder why she is so cold And you may not know about a lot of things She only went to school till she was about 13 But she sees much more in things than you and me Could ever see and her mama couldn't understand Cause she just talks and talks and talks And her daddy couldn't comprehend Why Annie's happy to be sad Now Annie likes to live in her little world Everything she needs is here a little world But the other side is coming into near Oh, word of any. Okay, uh, that's a folky song mm. that I wrote uh, around '88, early '88, I think, and then it was uh, on Mal as well. Uh, so, uh, is Pat doing yeah. his John Denver? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that? Well, I mean, why? Why do you? Why do you want to put this one in and in that in that version as well? Um, is it is it because at the time all albums needed an obligatory acoustic number? Acoustic, yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. <laughs> in, in the middle of the album, yeah, and it always has to sit like just after side one finishes, or at the end of side uh, yeah, one, yeah, you yeah. must throw this in, or just after the first one of side two, you yeah, can yeah. do quiet as well, you know. And yeah, yeah, just, yeah, that's right, that's right. Just, just, just play that. <laughs> yeah, at that at that time the track listing was still very side side one, side two, yeah, you know, yeah, side A, side yeah, B, yeah, yeah. On, on the cassette, yeah. So had to end with an acoustic number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twenty years is the song that opens up the side, side B, B. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a fast a fast paced uh, fast paced number. Actually, I think yeah, the, yeah. The, the first. I mean, apart from Mary Go Round, I guess the first truly new. Sounding fast paced track, I think we've heard from the list. Again, that was that song was uh, written. Uh, I can't remember the origins of that song, uh, but yeah, it's like another roots rock number, and um, yeah, it's one of those songs that we never played live. Really, hmm. was you there know? a reason yeah. for that? Or I mean, it sounds like it suits a very nice big live, uh, you know, format and sound. Yeah, I I don't know why we never got around to playing that live, really. Yeah, actually, a lot of songs we we have <laughs> to not play live. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think, funny thing. I think those days. I think the most is you're gonna get half an hour. Uh, so how many songs can you play in those that's days? True, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. We never played more than that. But having said that, that's true. the Beatles never played more than half an hour either. So you know. You're on par of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, uh, then, of course, the next one is uh, the big hit, uh, So Happy, which went to number oh, one. Okay.
yeah, wrote that I think uh, 89 or, or early 90. We I remember we performed perform it at the 1990 Arts Festival Fringe Programme. Yeah, at that time, uh, it was held at Marina Marina Bay area. Marina South, is it? Is it? Is that? No, 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 not Marina oh, South. Okay. It was just uh, across the road from... Oh, it's where Esplanade is right now. Oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, 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 yeah, where the, uh, the, the Hawker, Hawker Centre is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, at, at that time, it was just a big field. Mm. Just a field, yeah. Wow. So... <laughs> That shows how long ago it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they built an entire theatre system there. <laughs> they built yeah. all there now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, hap- so, so Happy was written very fast. I remember, uh, I, I think I was playing a lot. Uh, I was listening to a lot to, of Dylan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the chords are basically all along the Watchtower chords. Mm. Right? E minor D. Oh, I didn't know C. that. <laughs> wow. What a shock! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's what. What was interesting in this song, which uh, again I I had totally forgotten about this until I I heard it again, was the fact that there's a harmonica solo, yeah. like at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was that it? Was you on on that or no, no? That was Nizam. Oh, was okay, Nizam. okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it yeah. was. I don't know why it never occurred to me that, or I, I have no rec, I have no real recollection that there was a harmonica and the whole thing because like maybe because all the times I've seen you guys play this or even when we tried to cover the song, we we don't have that part right. And I'm always influenced more by the the Kelvin's. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and solo. and and the solo that is actually in the middle of the song and not at the end, which is yeah, yeah. yeah. So this yeah. one, it, the solo yeah. is actually at the end. Yeah, just after everything finishes, yeah. the solo goes yeah. out. So but, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think Pat was just trying to make sure that it didn't sound like Dylan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a harmonica. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, not a Dylan thing. Everybody knows that. No, <laughs> harmonica and guitar. Nah, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but yeah. no, but seriously, right? It is the defining, the defining aspect of that that song. You know, mm. that that last part where you yeah. I always remember that, that it sounded so cool. The harmonica, at the end. yeah, very mm. very cool, and it really defined uh, the song. You know. And and definitely, I mean, now thinking back and that must have been one of the reasons why I was, uh, why why I decided to play harmonica at the end of the postcards as well. Because I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, it must. I mean, there's no reason for me to pick it up just to play it for that one song, except for the fact that probably. I had heard this one and went, okay, well, if, if they can do a harmonica, we can do that too. <laughs> Seriously, my band just wanted to be on Pelos light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, yeah, we, yeah. We all did at a point. Yeah. 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 I think so. We just wanted to be the next on Pelos, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of an unusual way to end a song, you know, a harmonica yeah, song. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. I mean, no local band ever. Put a harmonica in like that, and I don't, I cannot recall any local band ever putting a harmonica. Period, <laughs> prior to, and then as a lead solo instrument as well. You know, yeah, maybe in the six, yeah. the early half of the sixties, perhaps one or two, but it's always in the background. It's not. Here we go, lead solo, and then the guy starts wailing on the harmonica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So actually, how the how the the live version of So Happy how it evolved was that. Uh, one one time we were playing a gig at NTU, it was a lunchtime concert, and then we were playing so happy, 
and then uh, my guitar string broke. Okay. Right? So I actually uh, went down off stage to try and get my guitar string fixed. So I was asking around. Uh, there was a uh, there was a NTU band play play. He, they played before us. Right. So I was looking for the guitarist to see whether I can borrow his guitar or, or get some strings, you know. So when I went off stage, Kelvin was ripping, <laughs> <laughs> playing this, you know, kick-ass guitar solo in the middle of the song. And I was off stage and I was like, wow, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, and then Nizam was playing the. Uh, I, I mean, Nizam is a great improviser as well. Mm. So, you know, they'll slow down, you know, and then uh, uh, they quieten down and all that. So after I changed the guitar string, I went up and then they quieten down. Then I came back and then I say hello again, you know. So that became um, uh, that became how we played the song subsequently. Hello again. Nice to see you again. You know? That's your signature thing for that song. Yeah, yeah, Everybody's yeah. Everybody's just so, waiting for that bit as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was the first time we did it that way because I came back on stage and then I, I you know, I just ad-lib and then we ended the song. <laughs> it, it was a so happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and girls that's not the end there's still more to come from uh, our favorite uncle patrick chung so that's actually the end of part one uh, so stay tuned for part two when we get to find out more about uh, patrick and teenage head don't forget to like and subscribe you know and leave us a review where you get your favorite podcast okay Okay, let me just yeah, let me stop turn, the, turn off. Yeah. yeah, same here. Okay. Ciao. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>